El primero de mayo. <laughs> Off top, I want to ask y'all a question. Uh, have any one of y'all had any interest in the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind a paywall, Fraud A. Smith's show? Like, not first take, not all of that stuff that's been ingrained into the society. I'm talking about the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall, Fraud A. Smith's show. Before yesterday, did you have any interest in to seeing what he's doing over there behind that paywall? Because I had no interest. I forgot he had some sort of exclusive show that was only available behind that paywall. Uh, that's kind of the gift and the curse of paywalls. Only your most loyal of listeners, followers, viewers, whatever, are going to follow you there, right? So the clips don't go viral because they're behind the paywall. And I'm sure if those clips ever were to get out, you would get a Charlemagne the God-like cease and desist to whoever puts those clips out. So I forgot the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall, Fraud A. Smith even had content, an extra show, which again goes into the overworked part. And it's behind this paywall. So it's Kwame versus everybody, right? Kwame versus everybody. Kwame Brown is out here riding for the common man. Kwame Brown is out here doing things on a level that has not been seen by a former athlete. Kwame is basically, if Carl Malone had YouTube, if Carl Malone had YouTube back in the day, if Carl Malone had access to Instagram Live, he is Carl Malone. And you may be wondering, well, nah, man, he's not, he don't got the same type of look. He doesn't have the same type of sordid past like Carl Malone. But go before all these videos. There's a lot of videos on this channel. Kwame's been trying to get to this point that he's at right now for a minute. He's been live streaming. He's been doing vids. He's been putting content out for a minute. This whole Captain Jack, Matt Barnes, all the smoke with Gil, that was a thing that kind of finally got him the notoriety that he needed to boost his content. Because there's videos prior. Now those videos are doing views, but those views weren't there a month or two ago. So Kwame is out here riding the wave. And I don't know what the end game is, but what you're getting, the type of energy, the type of rhetoric, the type of slang, the type of mentality and personality you're getting from him is like if Carl Malone had Instagram and YouTube back in the day. Now that's not to say he's not right about a lot of things. Because he's right about a lot of things, especially when it comes to media members, the personal stuff and all that. I don't that that's not my lane. I know how I give it up. I respect the player, not the man. I can separate the two things. I don't need to like all of you. I can just like the talent, the art, the creativity that you give forth to the world that I enjoy and all the other shit. You can keep all of that. I don't need to rock with you on that level. That's how I give it up. So. Kwame's calling a lot of dudes out that I've been critical of here on this pod. If you've been listening for a minute and I don't find nothing wrong with what he said. 
everything that he has said in regards to the assassination of the black male character, the assassination of black male athletes, and the fact that we have certain types in the media, athletes, former athletes included, that don't come to the defense of said black athletes. I mean, I I thought I was at the pulpit, but Kwame could join me on the pulpit because we both preaching the same thing. We are both preaching the same thing. I've been out here saying how the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall, Fraud A. Smith has been trashed for a minute. His whole shtick has been proven from the gate. I told y'all of how he rose to fame because he gave off a different energy than the legend, the Hall of Famer, David Aldridge. Fraud A. Smith changed the game because he was loud and boisterous and was willing to slander athletes. Mostly black athletes. But he would go in there and throw in a slot of a Medvedenko and Rasho Nesterovich. He would do all of that and make fun of the names in a, in a way that also was problematic, but he skated. But mainly, he was willing to call athletes scrubs, trash, not, not good, whatever the case may be. He was willing to openly slander, regardless of relationships, he was willing to slander athletes. And that's what made him rise to fame. Because before that time, everyone played the game. Everyone played the game. Look, you may not like this guy as a player, but I'm not going to tear down this man's whole lifestyle career. I'm not going to pull stuff up to tear this man down. Fraud A. Smith decided, well, that's my lane then. If that's not the lane, if everyone's afraid to take that lane, then I'm going to be the guy to take that lane because how do I stand out? How do I get a career? How do I make bread outside of being a print journalist? I'm getting these auditions for TV hits. They're giving me a chance. They see something. How can I really stand out? Okay, let me call dudes scrubs, trash, bust, not good. Let me tear down their styles. Let me call them out. And that's what he did. And guys like David Aldridge, who played the game, had journalistic ethics, didn't openly tear down players, would criticize players. Let's not get it twisted that somehow all journalists were on some cupcake shit. It wasn't that. It's just there were lines, certain lines you didn't cross. You didn't want to call an athlete out their whole name and slander their whole existence. There was a line. And the overworked, the underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall, Fraud A. Smith crossed that line and got paid because of it. Maybe he learned at the teat of your man Skip. Maybe Skip, Skip gave him the blueprint. You see what I'm doing over here? I'm tearing down LeBron. LeBron could go for 50. I'm killing him why he didn't go for 60. So you follow the lane. You're suckling at the teat of Skip and you learn the game. And you become who he is now in certain circles. There's some circles that worship this dude. Y'all know how I give it up. I can give a fuck about son. What the media has become. And, you know, look. <laughs> it's very tempting to try to be the one that says the thing. And I've talked about it here, how it's a race every day. Who's going to be the one to say the thing? Because the game has shifted. Ratings don't matter. Even though we still give ratings a bloated sense of reality and a bloated sense of relevancy, in the main scheme of things, it doesn't matter. 
Cable TV network ratings don't matter. Network ratings don't necessarily matter. Now it's all about streaming. Now it's all about digital. Impressions, eyeballs, views, minutes watched, shares, retweets, likes, engagement. That's what it's about now. So now, if you want to get known, if you want to go viral, you have to be the one to step out on that ledge and say the thing. Say the thing that's being said in group chats. Say the thing that's being said on slacks and discords. Be the one to say the thing, to have the take that's going to get the attention, to get the clicks, the retweets, to get the think pieces, to get the quote tweets. That's the race every single day. That's what media has become. And former athletes, when they all want to transition into media now, because it's an easy gig, it's a cush gig. I've worked at four, yeah, four different media entities. No, five, excuse me. Five different media entities. And all five house multiple former athletes. Some that had the training, some that were learning on the job. But it's the same process. It's the same shtick. Very few former athletes that I've come across in my media career have had that personality that jumps off the screen. Because they all come buttoned up. They want to learn the media game. Your post-career, what are you doing? You don't really want to go into the nine-to-five world. You still want to be around, but you don't want to really get involved with the travel of being a coach or a scout or a front office guy or whatever. So they say, fuck it. I'll play the crib or I'll be able to, if you're able to get to the full letter network, be in Bristol, be on the East Coast, and I'll do that thing. Or now, because of technology, Zoom and things like that, I could be at the crib anywhere and still be able to contribute to a national TV audience. So now it's even easier. So former athletes are getting into the game. And at one point in time, it made sense and it seemed to be like an impactful thing for athletes to have their own ventures. You know, you talk about KD's got his own, LeBron got his own, you know, uh, Brandon Marshall and them got his own for the football players. And then you have, you know, entities like All the Smoke with Captain Jack and Matt Barnes and, you know, No Chill Gill, all of that stuff. All athletes are now curating their own voice. They're curating their own sound. They're curating their own opinions. The problem is, just like the media, the journalistic media would skew towards certain angles. It made sure that certain narratives would get out. You're getting the same type of thing with these athlete platforms. You're getting the same exact thing just from the athlete perspective. Athletes aren't really giving it up. They make you think because they give you a couple of inside locker room stories or we were on the plane and da-da-da. They think that you're getting, you know, exclusive access. They're not really giving it all up. And not to say that they should. But don't sell the idea of, yeah, we're going to give you our perspective. You know, unbiased. Not not journalist. We'll give you the athlete's perspective. We're going to give you the real of how it is in the locker room. And then you go out here and you're getting, you're trying to get messy. You're trying to go viral. You're trying to do things for clicks, just like the journalistic world does. So you can't tell me 
don't go over there to the majorly white journalistic world because, you know, they spin narratives. They don't understand the game. They don't understand as us, as minorities. They don't understand our walk of life. And okay, cool. I get that. Trust as someone in this game. I get that. That's facts. But then when you have your own platform, your whole base, your whole foundation is very akin, if not directly similar to how it is in the journalistic world, except you're willing to be transparent about only the exclusive things you can let go of transparency wise. You're not giving us all the stories. It's not like all the smoke has some sort of Patreon or firewall thing where if you get that, then they're giving it all up. They're not giving it all up. They've admitted as such. You think when LeBron has all these people on the shop that they're really giving it up? You think when LeBron does all these documentaries and things like that, you think he's really giving it up? I am athlete with Brandon Marshall and all that. You think they're really a hundred percent giving it up, but they're selling it like it is out of a hundred percent. They're probably giving it up 30 to 40%. But because that 30 to 40% is so much more different than what you would get from the journalistic world, it still goes off, but they still have the same foundation in terms of curation foundation and ethics like the journalistic world that they're shunning. But then when they want to get into media, the white journalistic world, they follow those rules though. So they, they ha- they're having it both ways. Athletes get into the f- get former athletes, get into the media game by playing the game, the white media way but then they run and create their own platforms and claim that they're going to give it up, but they only give it up to a certain degree because they're still following the baseline foundational ethics of the white journalistic world. So which is it? So this is why what Kwame, this is why what, what he's doing with what he's doing with his platform, it's sounding a lot of alarms. It's calling out a lot of bullshit that's been existing for a very long time. The overworked and underpaid now hiding behind the paywall fraud. A Smith has been tearing down majorly black men for the entirety of his career. He has done that. You know, I've, I've tweeted out some subs all the time. I tweet out receipts all the time. This man has pulled up on the O'Reilly factor. This man was a correspondent for Fox news. Knowing how that company gets down, how that network gets down and the slants that they have, how can you call yourself and a, a stand-up man for the culture when you've made numerous appearances on that platform? This ain't Dame and Cam pulling up one time on O'Reilly and roasting him on his own shit. This ain't that. This is a returning correspondent that's going on their airways with their slants, answering their questions in their way. He did that. He did go to high schools and colleges and did his shtick for what it looked like in those videos, predominantly white classrooms. 
And I think Kwame is answering a good question. Who paid you to do that? Who sent you in there? Look, we all, you know, the majority of us have bosses. The majority of the majority of us have people we have to answer to. But all of us also have to ask ourselves at what cost? Is this cost worth answering to this person or these people? We all have to ask ourselves that question and y'all have to come up to with our own answer. Is some people's ethics and morals are stronger or different than others. But it is clear that the overworked and underpaid now hiding behind the paywall, Fraud A. Smith found a lane just like your man Snick Wright found the lane. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the LeBron shill. Skip has cornered the anti-LeBron hill. He is the king of that hill. Fraud A. Smith is the king of I'm gonna kill the Cowboys every chance I get. He's conquered that hill. But the pro, uber pro, nonsensical LeBron is the greatest thing ever lane, that was not conquered. And Nick Wright has admitted as such. I chose that lane and said, I'm going to be the guy for that. And he's made a career out of it. Another guy that was middling, not really sure where it was going to lead to, and boom, he chose the lane, he hit the lane, and it blew up. Now he's a mainstay. Now we have to hear his opinions about other things that he may or may not be as knowledgeable about because he used and leveraged the fact that there was no one on the pro LeBron Hill to a national status. So he took that hill and now he's a national figure. This is the game. Choose your lane, find your lane and ride that shit out. So Kwame is calling dudes out. Where are the positive black influences? Where are they in sports media? Cause again, the majority of the major sports the ones that make the most money in regards to football and basketball, those are predominantly black sports. But the commentators for it are overwhelmingly white and the media members that get to make hot takes and have curated shows around them are sparingly black. And of those sparingly black ones, they're normally the ones that like to tear down athletes. That's a fact. Nothing in regards to that lane, Kwame is wrong about. And he's calling out Captain Jack and Matt Barnes. And, you know, their platform was supposed to be or was being touted as one where you're going to get the real talk. They let PG get up there and lie. They've had owners on the show. Like, there's only so much you can do, right? If you're really about a certain type of life in regards to these are going to be unfiltered, real talk conversations. Then you know, if you're having the owner of a show on, a owner is not going to fuck their money up or jeopardize anything they have going on. So they're not going to give it up. So that's where you make the choice. Are we in this for the bag? Or are we in this to stay authentic to what we are? And that's a choice. Most people are going to do what they got to do to keep the bag. Most people aren't going to stand on their ethics and say, nope, 
I'm turning down this money. I'm turning down this money because I don't want to have that person on here because if I have that person on here, that person is not going to give it up like how we give it up to the audience. That's a choice. You have to be able to live with that no matter what way you decide to go on that. So what we have here with Kwame Brown calling out all the smoke, Gil, who has run away, and deservedly so. Him and Charlemagne got into some shit. Charlemagne fell back, dropped the apology because Kwame can't be bought. And that's where, especially in media, they can always dangle the bag in front of you. They can always dangle the bag in front of you and tempt you. And the allure of trying to fuck Kwame's money up, if he don't have nothing that could fuck his money up, then you can't threaten him. If he's chilling in South Georgia on acres and he don't got a care in the world and he can live his life and smoke hookah and do live streams all day, then you can't say nothing or do nothing or pull any skeletons out of that man's closet. So you can't do threats. You can't pull out family shit that he may not even have known about to try to slander him. You can't do any of that because that shit don't affect him because his money's good. And he's not tied to any contracts. He's not tied to any deals. He's not tied to any sponsorships that can be leveraged against him for him to shut the fuck up. He's going to keep getting on that YouTube live stream. He's going to keep popping up on IG. He's going to smoke that hookah and he's going to talk that shit. Because he has not a care in the world. He's got nothing but time. And the fact that Kwame can call out the playbook of what they're going to do, how they tried to make him be something that he's not. They tried to say he was violent. Then they tried to pull out stuff out of his past. And then they tried to continue to double down on how he was as a player and how that really doesn't affect him at this point in his life. He called out their playbook and they went right to it. They ran the same place. It's like, you know, it's like you're playing Madden and you know your man's is going to go off tackle every single time. You know the play is coming and he still keeps running it. And you just put in that 4-6 and you shut that shit down and you're like, yo, though, why are you going to keep running that play? He's like, well, this is the only play I got. And that's what they're doing. All these media entities, all they know how to do is go off tackle. I form off tackle. That That's all they got. And Kwame is saying, all right, I'm just keep running this 4-6. I mean, I mean I'm going to tell you I'm going to do the 4-6. They're like, all right, well, I'm going to keep doing off tackle. Okay. No audibles, no hot rock. Okay. Not, not even going to get cute with the packages, not swap it in. Uh, old lineman, that tight end, you're not going to do. Okay. Stock. Okay. And that's, that's what we have here. He keeps calling out the blueprint. He keeps calling out the playbook. And they keep calling the same plays. There's a lot of black people that are in media spaces now, or at least a lot more. I won't say a lot because the numbers are still horrific, right? So there's a lot more black men and women that are in media spaces. So the illusion of diversity is a thing. But the people at the top are still not black. The people that are decision makers are still not black. The people that are gatekeepers 
are still not black. So, therefore, they're letting some talent in at the grassroots level. They're allowing some people that can bring them some cachet from a digital standpoint. They're allowing them in for some cachet. Callan Cowherd, he's he's brought in a few black people that are, you know, for the culture to a certain extent, but they're not gatekeepers. They don't have hiring power. They don't have equity. This is where we're at. They'll allow you into their spaces. They'll give you a bag for the content that you're doing because you bring an audience that they that they can't. So you're leveraging the audience that you can bring them and give to them. But what are you exchanging for that? If you're exchanging the audience that you can bring that's been loyal to you for a bag and that's it. When you could go do your own shit. You could go do your own entity, your own LLC, your own whatever. I mean, okay, bro. I mean, if you don't care that much about it to begin with, if you just hit a lick, just to hit a lick, and it's just to come up off some bullshit you and your man's is doing, all right. But long-term thinking, equity-wise, I mean, there's something to be said. We're still not at certain levels to each one teach one our way into things. There's still a ceiling. For some, it's a glass ceiling. For us, it's a hard ceiling. It's a fucking popcorn ceiling. It's a nasty, disgusting, 1960s, 70s popcorn ceiling. 